Eric. Thank you, music team. Thank you, all of you, for joining me today. Losing that hour of sleep, and you're still here by nine, so yay you. So we are here. We are here born to be who we are born to be, right? We are here to be who we are born to be. So that's what we're here to talk about today. And we are in our season of Lent, and we are talking about the idea of the universal Christ, which I am using Richard Rohr's book, Father Richard Rohr's book on the universal Christ for this series of messages. So last week we talked about the idea um, that the universal Christ, that Christ power, that Christ presence, came to be three times. So the first time was at the moment of creation, right? With that, everybody got their little candle. Whoops, there it goes. You know, let there be light. And it is that that light that is inside of all of creation. We are living in a Christ-soaked creation. The second time that the Christ was demonstrated was through the life of Jesus. And not that he was the only Christ, because remember, we're living in a Christ-soaked creation, but that he was here to demonstrate for us what it meant to live as this human form, demonstrating that Christ life that we all have. And then the third time that it is demonstrated is through beloved community, that the Christ must be expressed in our relationship with one another. And that that is the third way, then, that the Christ is revealed here on earth. So your task, your spiritual practice last week was to take this idea of, I am the light, and ask, what does it mean to live that? How can I be the light in the world? So how many of you took on that practice this week? All right. Yay, you! So, who would like to share? What did you learn from taking on that practice? That's right. Yay. Carla, Carly? Carly. Carly. So, I don't typically have pockets. Um, But I put my light in my pocket so I have it with me. And I don't usually do laundry. (laughs) But I did my laundry, and I felt very good about myself, and I'm walking out the door, and I see my mother's light sitting on the table, and I go, I just washed my life. (laughs) And lo and behold, it still works. Yay! (laughs) But um, I I took that as a, you, you can't. You can't, you can't extinguish the light. Exactly. And so I, you know, it, it, that just boosted everything even further. That's beautiful. And throughout the week, um, I care for individuals with developmental disabilities. Yeah. And um, I was able to be a little more patient. Yeah. I'm, I'm rather patient to begin with, but... Um, there were a couple of times during the week where I probably would have just kind of had to walk away and I was able to stay engaged and kind of Good for you, Carly. Good for you. Yay. Yay. Stretching into a little more patience, a little more light. Good for you. Anybody else? There weren't too many hands up. Thank you, Carly. Oh, I got another one. Oh, I see you, Kathy. Thank you. 
Yeah, I have uh, my little light on a hostess shelf in my area, and I had it on, and um, I don't know, the lead in our group, he likes to, you know, he likes to cause difficulties, I guess, so I just, I looked at that light, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to just move through all this, <laughs> and, I, and I really did, the light just kind of helped me and reminded me that I am God's light, so I put a new attitude towards the uh, the conflicts of the day. Excellent, Kathy. Good for you. That's huge. That's huge, right? All right, so for those of you who were not here last week, uh, those two examples included our, our candle, our light, right? That was our practice to put this somewhere so we'd remember what when we've switched it off again, I've forgotten on the light, what do I need to do to switch it back on? So if you didn't get one of these candles, there are still a few left on that back table. Be sure to pick one up. So we're moving on today to the idea of I am whole and holy. So Richard Rohr tells us, actually I heard a little interview with him this week in which he was asked, can you give us a definition of what is the universal Christ? And so very simply, and I want to get it in his words, what Richard Rohr said was, the universal Christ is the presence of God in matter. The universal Christ is the presence of God in matter. And he talks about this idea that as God was creating, right, on that in that creation process, in the third day of creation, when God was creating, twice on that third day, God said, it is good. On the fourth day of creation, when God finished creating for that day, God said, it is good. On the fifth day of creation, when God finished his creating, God said, it is good. On the sixth day of creation, after God created humankind and God's image and God's likeness, God said it is not only good, very good. God said it is very good. On the seventh day of creation, God declared it holy. So we were created good and holy. Holy, by the way, coming from the same root as the word whole. So we are whole. Creation was whole. God's image and likeness was placed within it all. God's presence is in all of matter. So where do we get this idea that here in this physicality, we can't experience that presence and power that is God, or that there are times when we don't experience God's presence and power, where we feel separate from God. What are those experiences for you? Where do you feel separate from that divine power and presence? Peggy. Okay, so... When I feel bad about myself, when I look in the mirror and I think, oh my God, and not because I'm seeing God there, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Don, I think I heard you say ego. When I'm in my ego, I feel separate from the divine. 
When I see suffering in the world, I feel that there is a separation from the divine there. Turmoil? Turmoil. When I'm experiencing turmoil, I feel separate from the divine. When I choose fear, when I'm worried, when I see with my physical eyes rather than my God eyes. So, is, is there anybody here that does not have moments when you feel separate from God? Right? We all have moments like that, right? We all have moments like that, and so much of our desire to know and experience God is because we want to escape from those moments when we do not experience God. We want to experience God all the time. Anybody here not want to experience God all the time? So if, according to Richard Rohr, God's very presence is here in matter then what is really keeping us from an experience of God's presence, God's power in any moment? If God is here, in this room, in this one that you're sitting next to, you know, if God is here, what keeps us from experience God in truth? Our thinking our thinking, right? So Richard Rohr tells us this in the third chapter of the book. He tells us this. I have never been separate from God, nor can I be, except in my mind. Take that idea for a moment. I have never been separate from God, nor can I be, except in my mind. When we're caught up in fear and in worry, where are we? In our mind. When we're caught up in ego, where are we? Here in our mind. When fear has gripped a hold of us, where am I? In my mind. It's the only place that we can appear to be separate from the divine. Because that very power and presence that is God is here in all of creation. In all of our experiences. So there's been this idea that took hold, though. That that wasn't the case. That God is somehow separate from us. And that we have separated ourselves from God. And that idea comes in the third chapter of Genesis. So in the first chapter of Genesis, everything is good and very good and holy. And then in the third chapter of Genesis, we have the fall, the separation. And what we religion has done is to focus on that fall and on that separation rather than on the good and the very good and the holy. And so St. Augustine decided that what we were born in from this fall is what? Original sin. Who decided that? St. Augustine. Some guy. <laughs> Some church leader, right? He decided it. This is where the theology of, of, um, of original sin comes from. That somehow 
we are born flawed. We are born from a separation from God, right? That we have to reconcile ourselves back to God, but that we are hopeless, helpless sinners. No better than filthy rags, I think, is one of the verses, right? We are hopeless, helpless sinners. And with that idea... And the idea that Jesus is the Christ come to save us, we have made it more about the fall and salvation from the fall and the right words that we need to say and the right viewpoint that we need to have about Jesus, the right idea, the right belief. We've made it more about that than the remembering that we are born good and very good and holy, and that we can demonstrate that by living in the example that Jesus gave us. Which is why unity says Jesus is not the exception. He's the example for us. He was here to show us how each and every one of us can demonstrate who we are in truth filled with that divine essence, that divine power, that divine presence that we call God. I am whole, and I am holy. I was born complete, and so were each of you. This is the good news. This is the good news. Now, we have come to be born in this dualistic human experience where there is both good and what we would say evil, where we would say this experience is something that I want to experience, this is a blessing, and this is a challenge, this is suffering, and I don't want that. And so many of us come to um, a desire to know God, because what we're really wanting to do is escape from the suffering. Does anybody recognize that? You know, in Buddhism, we're taught that life is suffering. The human experience includes suffering. And it is some of those experiences of suffering that we look out into the world and we see it as proof that God is not soaking all of creation because if God was, why would there be this suffering? But what Richard Rohr tells us in the book, The Universal Christ, is that there are two pathways to demonstrating this Christ power and presence. One is the pathway of great love, and the other is the pathway of great suffering. Now, in unity, we know that you don't have to suffer to know God. But it is a mistake to think that if I know God, I will not suffer. I simply bring Jesus up as our example once more. And the suffering that was experienced as he walked the way of the cross, right? Not because, by the way, God required him to be crucified, but because in the experience of that suffering, as a demonstration of the Christ, Jesus was called to walk through that crucifixion experience, demonstrating that life that he was, demonstrating that power and presence within demonstrating in that moment love and compassion and forgiveness. 
We have never been told that by um, accepting that we are divine, by accepting that we are whole and holy, we will never experience suffering. That's just not life here in the human condition. But what Jesus demonstrated to us, and what we can all take from that experience that Jesus walked through, was that whatever the experience is that I am walking through in this moment, whether I would name it a blessing or a suffering, what's there? The light. The divine power and presence. God. As Michelle reminded us in our um, meditation, those words from Eric Butterworth, right? God is, a, is, a, is um, a presence whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. And so what I'm promised through that universal Christ experience, that God is present in all matter, is that no matter what I am walking through, I can know God here. That's the great promise. That's our great hope. That's our great joy. Not that we have an easy life, but we're not being invited to stretch and grow and know ourselves more deeply, but that we know whatever the experience that life has given to us in this moment, I can know God here. I can know that I have the strength within me to help me to persevere through whatever the experience may be. If I'm going through a health challenge, and that health challenge doesn't seem to be resolving itself, not to go to this place of, oh, God has not answered my prayer. God is not here in this experience. God deliver me from this. But to remember in the experience, God is here as that very strength that is helping me to walk through this. God is here as that very faith that knows within me that in spite of any appearance to the contrary, I am whole and holy. God answers my prayers each time I remember that I am the light in this experience. And God rises up to meet me in that experience by providing the way through that suffering. If I'm going through a challenge in a relationship, I've lost a loved one, perhaps through somebody's dying or perhaps through the breakup of a relationship. I remember that in this suffering, God is here. God is here as that very understanding that is within me that I cannot be separated from the divine. That in this too, I can know God because I am whole and I am holy and God's very presence and power is here within the matter of this experience. And again, I want you to hear that in unity we do not teach that you must suffer to know God. But what we do teach is that when you find yourself in those moments of suffering, as we all do, you can know God is here. You can grow into that understanding. 
I cannot be separate from God, except in my own mind. So whatever I think that I am needing in any moment has already been provided for me, except that I forget it in my mind. And we all forget at times, don't we? Anybody here not have moments of forgetfulness? And then what we do is we judge one another by those moments of forgetfulness. Eileen, how could you do that? Can you imagine? Right? We judge ourselves by those moments of our forgetfulness. We are called to love one another in each of those moments. We're called to remember the truth with one another in each of those moments. We're called to stand in faith with one another in each of those moments. In the fourth chapter of the book, Richard Rohr talks about the great chain of being, a tradition that, as a Franciscan, he is very familiar with. And that idea is, again, that that divine power and presence is in all of creation. Therefore, I am called to love all of creation. And the idea of the great chain of being is that if I am unable to love any part of creation, then it breaks down the entire system. So what we typically do when we remember that we are here to remember I am whole and holy and to be that love and to be that divinity and expression is we automatically go to the very hardest thing that there is to love. The hardest person, perhaps. Think about the hardest person that you can imagine to love. And we say, oh, there's no way I could love this one. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Anybody have people like that in your life? And yet here's this idea that God's very presence is here within all matter. And that as a part of that great chain of being, I am simply here to love each one. To know in spite of appearances that that divine power and presence is there within each one and within each experience. So here's my suggestion to you, and it's also Richard Rohr's suggestion to you. Don't start with somebody so big. You know, we use that as our out. Well, who could ever love Hitler? So, therefore, why would I bother trying to love all? Right? It's our out. It's way easier to just declare Jesus as my Lord and Savior and know that I'm safe than it is to take these ideas and to truly live them in our lives. So what Richard Rohr suggests is to take something simple love. Begin with creation. Begin by truly loving a tree, a flower, the grass, the sun, as St. Francis, you know, did with Brother Moon, or Brother Sun, and Sister Moon, and Brother Air, and Sister Wind, and being willing to see that divine essence within all of creation start with something easy and really find a way of loving that one 
and then move on to something a little bit more difficult and a little bit more difficult and a little bit more difficult. Sometimes the hardest ones to love is the ones that are closest to us. You ever find that? Like, my life would be perfect if I didn't have a husband. <laughs> and my life is perfect because I have a husband. You know, because it's, it's easy to come here and love each one of you. To see you sitting here each Sunday, to see your beautiful faces, to see your sweet spirits. It's easy to love each one of you. It's way harder to love that one that pushes our buttons, that knows us so well that they know how to get under our skin. Not because they're doing it on purpose, it's just the way of life. Can I love that one too? Can I see that this is my practice? Can I know that I am whole and holy, that I have all that I need, no matter what this moment holds, to reveal that divine power and presence that is within me? Do you know that? Do you know that you have the power to do that? Who wants to try this week? You are whole, you are holy, you are perfect, you are complete. No matter how many mistakes, no matter how many times you mess up this week, doesn't matter. God is here. God is in you, and God is desiring to express through you. And we have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to simply live this. And as we do so, the third demonstration of Christ is revealed through us. As us. So take time this week to contemplate the idea that I am made in the image and likeness of God. And what does it mean that you are made in the image and likeness of God? You are good. You are very good. You are whole. You are holy. Say with me, I am good. I am very good. I am whole. I am holy. And then, throughout the day, pause and consider that idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've forgotten. That coworker is driving me crazy again. But I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am whole. I am holy. I have the divinity within me. I can express that divine Christ light. It's a matter of choice. And as you do so, ask, what would it look like in this moment to be whole and holy? What would it look like to know that I have all the love that I need within me to meet this moment? I have all the strength that I have within me to meet this moment. I have all the peace that I need within me to meet this moment because I am at the very center of God. Right here. Right now. And as your wisdom guides, follow it. Be an expression of wholeness, of holiness this week. Who's with me? Okay, look around. Everybody look around. See all the hands raised. All right, now come back next week. Shine your light. Remember who you are. I am whole. I am whole. I am holy. 
I am divine. Let us be that. Thank you and God bless.